Hello and welcome to the ISIS Energy Podcast. I'm your host uh, today. My name is uh, Julien Matonier and I'm the deputy editor of the Crude uh, Oil Report. This week uh, with me, I have uh, Richard Price, our expert on uh, the Metis market, among other things. And uh, we will be discussing uh, Libya's turbulent oil history and uh, Uh, what happened, uh, what may happen uh, uh, going forward. Uh, good morning, Richard. Thank you for being with me uh, today. So uh, to give a, a bit of background, uh, Libya is a member of OPEC. It is the older of Africa's uh, largest proved uh, crude oil reserves with about 48 billion uh, barrels of reserves. And in 2010, the, the, the country produced about 1.65 million barrels per day. This Uh, dropped during uh, the 2011 civil war and before um, before the 2013 uh, oil sector crisis, uh, the Libyan government had announced that they had plans to increase the crude oil production to about maybe 1.7 million. That was uh, at least publicly uh, announced. Uh, this uh, uh, never happened. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the politics um, got a lot uh, more complicated uh, since. Uh, could, you, could you give us a bit of, of background about the history of, 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 of Libya's uh, production uh, since? Yeah, so uh, in 1970, Libya was producing about 3 million barrels per day, and this was fairly stable until uh, NATO-backed um, um, opposition toppled Gaddafi in 2011. Um, so until the, about then, as you said, it was about 1.6 million barrels per day, and then since then, Libya's production has just been all over the place. Um, basically, rival factions have been using Libya's oil facilities as bargaining chips um, with different power centers in the east and west of the country, which we'll come on to later. So in 2015 and 16, um, IS uh, attacked main oil facilities. Production was around 400,000 barrels per day in these years on average. Um, then throughout 2018, we averaged about 800,000 barrels per day. And then in January this year, we were up to 950,000 barrels. All right. Okay. So that's uh, that's uh, that, that's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, changes uh, within a rather short uh, short uh, span of time, and and since then, as I understand, uh, domestic infighting between the east and the west uh, political forces of a country has been a, a source of uh, has been a, a source of uh, of uh, concern, and uh, Libya's national oil corporation has been sort of uh, uh, standing in, in the middle. Uh, so I, I, I'm wondering, could you give us a bit more of, uh, of uh, tell us what, what's happening right now with, with Libyan politics? It might be a bit complicated for, <laughs> yes, for it, it know, the external uh, observer. <laughs> so basically, after Gaddafi was toppled in 2011, it split the country into two sways. You have the east and the west. So the west is Tripoli. This is where the internationally recognized government, the GNA, um, that's where they're based. You also have NOC, the... Uh, National Oil Corporation of Libya, the Tripoli-based arm of that in uh, in the West. And then in the East, you have uh, another government in Tobruk. Um, and then on the side of all of that, you have uh, Khalifa Haftar, who is the commander of the Libyan National Army. So these he's the de facto leader in the East, um, currently controlling around two-thirds of the country's oil production. Um, But uh, around January this year, he launched an offensive moving towards the west of the country and then has since very recently taken over the El Sharara uh, oil field, which is a production around 315,000 barrels per day, and also the El Fiel uh, uh, field, which has a production of around 80,000 barrels per day. Right. And he's since handed them back over to NOC. 
Okay. Okay. So, so if I, if I follow you, uh, the, the the disagreements between between the West and the East forces of of a country have often sort of materialized through like some sort of uh, blockades or even like mm -hmm. physical disruption on the actual uh, crude crude oil flows or crude streams from mm -hmm. fr from Libya, and um, Libyan crude is 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 still. Uh, uh, good quality. I mean, it attracts a lot of interest from 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 buyers, not least because it's a bit uh, cheaper than than, than competition. Uh, what's what's your outlook on 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 Libya's crude oil uh, going forward? Mm. So we've had a situation now where uh, Haftar's forces have handed over control back to the National Oil Corporation. So potentially, you could see production increase I think it's roughly from both fields now about 80,000 barrels per day with that that aiming to increase so obviously we're at a situation in the global oil market at the moment where we've got quite a saturation of light uh, oil um, where there's a shortage of the heavier crude because of the sanctions on Venezuela Iran uh, we've also got Canada reducing output because of differentials were doing really badly for the heavier crudes around there so we have this real imbalance in the market at the moment Libya producing this light oil, the market is pushing more barrels of light oil into the market, which is already saturated. So you can see this in the Brent Dubai spread, which uh, takes cues from the physical uh, differentials in the market. So uh, that has become narrow. It's around 10-year lows. Um, and then we have a situation going forward where Libya's production is likely to increase. But then we have IMO 2020 coming into the mix uh, next year, which is likely to flip this over again, so the Brent Dubai spread is likely to widen because this low sulfur fuel oil, which is going to be so much in demand, is going to mean demand for the lighter crudes increases, and therefore the Brent benchmark will do better relative to the Dubai one, and the, bread, the spread will widen again. Yeah, so you think you think this this may uh, benefit uh, Libyan oil mm -hmm. in, yeah, in the end as mm -hmm. we as we move towards this yeah. uh, IMO 2000, mm -hmm. uh, 2000 uh, deadline. Yeah, and Nock have also said that they would like production to hit around two point two million barrels per day. Um, so that's by 2023, which will cost about $18 billion. So their production is likely to increase should there be no further conflict, which is a big unknown at the moment. All right. OK. So I have one last question for you. Uh, uh, um, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, to, 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 to summarize your, your old point, how do you think uh, uh, Libya's uh, supply uh, issues or supply problems will, will affect uh, the global crude uh, markets, uh, you know, into the rest of the year and maybe into uh, the following year? So we have uh, obviously international attitudes towards Libya are improving because we have uh, exploration from BP and any looking to drop wells next year. As I said, we have IMO and the Brent Dubai spread, uh, which was likely to, this is likely to make it narrow, but then we've got IMO causing the inverse. Um, so basically we've just got this trade-off between Sanala, who is the uh, the head of NOC, who just wants to keep oil flowing through the country, but then we've got Haftar, who is just in this political battle. He wants to uh, control the country. He's top in the opinion polls. He's got about 68% support, uh, which is much greater than uh, the other governments, which are around 40%. Okay, thanks very much uh, for your insight on the, uh, this uh, very, very crucial uh, uh, market, Richard. Uh, that's all uh, we have uh, uh, time for uh, today. But if you would like to find uh, to find out more, please do check out our website, www.icis.com. We'll be back with another podcast next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks, Richard. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.